Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of The Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I'm Megan Francis, and we have a very special Voices episode for you today. So usually on these once-a-month interview episodes, we would talk to a mom from our community or a parenting expert. But today I'm talking with my son, William, who you may have heard me refer to on the show as good old reliable Will. Will's my middle child and an 18-year-old high school senior, and he's here to give us a glimpse of what life as a teenager is really like. We discuss his experience in ninth through 12th grades, what parents and teachers don't always understand about teenagers, and what he's looking forward to after high school. So the pandemic started smack dab in the middle of Will's high school experience, so we also spend a little time unpacking the effects of COVID. You know, in the last couple of Tuesday episodes, we talked about raising kids year by year, and this dovetails perfectly with those conversations. So whether you have a teenager now or are looking forward to that stage down the line, or maybe you're a little bit fearful of it, I think you're going to find this conversation really interesting. I don't always agree with Will on everything, especially some of his thoughts about education. But even though I'm a little bit biased, he's a really fun, well-spoken young man with a lot of interesting insights about life as a teenager and beyond. So let's get right to it. Hey, Will. Thanks for being on the show with me. Of course, Mother. It's my pleasure. I can't believe this is the first time you have appeared as a special guest on the Mom Hour. And I know Mrs. Becker will listen to this <laughs> and talk to me about it tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow. After it, spring break. Sometime. After spring break. Yeah. I Okay, I love that. Mrs. Becker is getting a shout out. She's super cool. She teaches 21st century lit. Okay. And we're doing our senior service projects in her class right now. All right. Well, we are talking today about... Just like what it's like to be a teenager. And I love having you on because you're 18. You're wrapping up your senior year. So you've truly experienced like you've experienced not only all the years of being a high schooler, but you're about halfway through your 18th year. too. So it's like you've almost experienced all of teenagerdom, except for like the boring adult stuff on the end. So I guess just to kick things off, I would love for you, Will, to tell me what you remember best about each grade starting in ninth grade okay so ninth grade the biggest memory that comes to mind is the band uh i'm sure a lot of you saw my mom's post uh or posts on on instagram over yeah over some time it was a while ago though it's it was years. yeah it was a long time ago tell them about your band um who started it, it me and my friend jack we grew up together since like fifth grade and then our buddy Ethan, who was in a marching band, because we needed a drummer. And then uh, we we just kind of threw ourselves into the mix. We didn't actually know how to play our instruments at all. <laughs> Which I love. So you started a band and started booking gigs within like months of ever having actually touched an instrument. The day we started, the day the band formed, was the day that all of us started playing our instruments. <laughs> um, do Jack and Ethan both still play? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're not officially a band anymore, but we still play together. You still jam, as yeah. they say? Yeah. And tell everyone the name of your band. The Hawaiian Rolls. That was such a good name. Um, okay. That was a great memory. I actually have very fond memories of going to see the Hawaiian Rolls play. You guys played several open mic nights at a brewery they like to go to. You played a, you had your own like paid gig at a festival outside. That was fun, yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and you all still play independently, but they're the, the band as of now is is disbanded yeah. yeah all right tell me about what you remember best about 10th grade covid <laughs> covid which is interesting because that was at the very end of the year well not the very end march yeah so yeah 
But it overshadows it overshadows everything. Oh yeah, that's all I really remember from that year. Wow. What I remember from the first year, I mean, if you asked me to say two things I remember about each year, the second thing about ninth grade I would have said was that it was the only normal year of high school I had before wow. the mask mandate and uh Yeah. Lockdown. So Wow. Yeah, that's very true. Then tenth grade comes in, beginning of it feels super short. Like looking back, it doesn't feel like much actually happened. But I mean, I sat at like a whole new lunch table with Rowan and made a bunch of new friends. So it's just weird that that's all just kind of overshadowed by quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. And you and Rowan are really good friends still. Um, so that was like the beginning of that friendship was 10th grade, um, but then definitely got kind of derailed um, by the pandemic, obviously. Well, what about 11th grade? I mean, I guess the pandemic is still playing, looming pretty large. Yeah, I liked how in 11th grade, I never knew if we would be in person for more than a week. Yeah. And then we would uh, just switch back to online randomly, which was okay because I got to sleep in a little bit. That's true. That's yeah. like the only reason, though. And I had a really good class load, I think. Well, and we'll talk a little bit more later in the episode about specifically, like, how the pandemic was challenging to you and your friends. But um, yeah, I could see that being something that kind of overshadowed that year. So now you're a senior. I feel like this has been a pretty great year for you. Um, but tell me what stands out to you. Mm, the thought that it's almost over now. Yeah. And I'm finally almost there. I remember being a third grader, learning I was the class of 2022 for the first time. And thinking, that's never going to come. <laughs> that's like so long from now yeah. I remember when you were a kindergartner and the first thing that they put you know this is your class of 2022 and I was like what I mean that felt like it was you know a century away at that point but I mean it does you do get there do you feel like things are picking up speed yeah yeah um but overall you it seems like you've had a pretty good senior year so you're ready for it to be over I definitely can tell you've got some senioritis but like Overall, it seems like it's been pretty fun. Any fun memories? Uh, well, football. That was great. Yeah. Hadn't played since middle school. Um, that was still a lot of great memories and a lot of fun. And I met a lot of cool people on the team. Let's talk about that really quick. And we can get into this a little bit more later. But the fact that you just decided to play football your senior year. Mm-hmm. And a pretty competitive district, too. Like, our school yeah. does well. And they take football very seriously here. So... I mean, did that feel nerve-wracking to you to do that? Oh, yeah. Uh, all my friends on the team thought it was great that I was there. and They liked to be around me. And then, like, all of my previous friends that I'd had going into the team. And then all, most of the people I met uh, who were, you know, have been playing football for their entire lives and were the football kind of kids uh, were not as thrilled. As welcoming. <laughs> But I mean, all the coaches were great. It was just some of the, some, you know, some high school students. Well, yeah. Yeah. I do that sometimes. Well, and I think that a lot of times parents these days think that if they don't get their kids into a sport or an activity like super young, it's like they've missed the opportunity and they'll never be able to do it. And I just like that you have proven again and again that that's not true. You can just pick something up whenever you want. You might not be pro level. No, that actually... I see what you're saying, but me playing football this year actually made me want to put my kid in a sport. Did it? Okay. Because I I see what you're saying is you can still play the sport and you don't have to play it for your entire life to be, you know, for it, it to be playable for you. But if you do play it for your entire life, then you just... Can You'd be better so at great. it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And you did play football in middle school. And didn't you play in elementary a little bit too? Like fourth and fifth, I think. Fourth and fifth. Okay. So you really just missed, it was really high school when you kind of bowed out of that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I have to imagine if you'd been really interested in doing it in ninth, 10th, 11th grades, you could have, but you had other stuff going on. Yeah, like swimming. That was cool too. I don't yeah. know which one I prefer though. Yeah. Well. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product, Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. 
Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Will. So you talked a little bit about what you remembered specifically about your ninth grade class, but let's just talk about more generally, like looking around you at the other kids in your school and like the kids that you know. Um, What do you think ninth grade is like? Overall, did you think it was a good year? Did you hate it? What did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, I really liked it. There were a lot of, I think what makes or breaks your your early years are the upperclassmen and the sophomores because what middle schoolers don't realize going into high school is that the grades directly above them and below them are going to become like new classes to them. They're going to have to like accept them and know all these people. And when I was a freshman, I met a lot of sophomores, a lot of whom I thought were you know, cool. I guess I was just a freshman, so everyone was cool to me. But a lot of these sophomores I still know, and I'm I'm still friends with, like Lucas, one of my best friends of all time. Uh, And I met him at the very beginning of freshman year. It just, uh, it depends on who you're around, and um, they, they, like, really makes or breaks your beginning of your high school career. And then as you grow into older grades, Pretty much, however, your relationship was with the older grades when you were younger is is how you're going to treat the younger grades. I've noticed. Huh. Okay, all right, that's interesting. Um, what about tenth grade? I really like tenth grade for the for well for most of the year, obviously, until quarantine. Right. Um, at the beginning of the year, like I rushed on earlier Rowan and I started sitting at a new lunch table and we made a bunch of new friends there people who I had known for a long time but just never really talked to do you you think the experience of 10th grade most like when you look around at the other friends you had that seemed to me like for you it was a year of a lot of change like your group your friend group changed mm -hmm. your interests changed I think you got a lot taller that year I feel like there was just a lot happening do you think that's pretty common like as 10th grade being a year where a lot of things just start to change. Yeah, I think so. 10th going into 11th grade. Okay. Like Owen's probably going to 
gonna shoot up pretty soon here. Yeah. I He's already grown pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, I think the friend thing, I remember that from like ninth to tenth grade, having a big change in my friend yeah, group. Yeah, I had a bunch of new friends. My whole main friend group, that's when Jack and I stopped being friends yep. for a while. Um but the whole group of people that I was hanging out with for the most part switched. Hmm. What do you think the hardest things are about like ninth and tenth? Like the big the first half of high school. What's the hardest thing? I think trying to find uh, where you sort of fit in and flow at high school is something that you, well, really has to be done in in your first year, probably. Mm. And, I mean, you have to, like, figure out, because you don't have to figure everything out, because you can always um, change things about you if they're not really what you what what you know what's actually about you if you just have like an opinion or something because someone cool said it when you were younger Mm -hmm. then by the time you're a sophomore hopefully you'll have realized that you only ever thought that that was cool because someone uh you know cool said it before you when you start high school it's like finally you have to realize that you don't know everything. When you're in middle school, you think you're growing up so fast and you learn so much and that you're finally starting to like hit. I remember when I went into freshman year, I was thought I was hitting like peak yeah. intelligence. <laughs> oh yeah, and you I knew everything like, back then. This is amazing. This is this is great. <laughs> wow. And then I just And sense of, of humor. Yeah. I probably thought you were hilarious. Yeah. You yeah. just think you're the best in middle school <laughs> then you get to high school and you're not um you get knocked down a few few pegs yeah yeah a lot of pegs it's just uh if you go in i mean obviously there are still some people who think that they're great and uh think they're like untouchable on top of the whole grade but those people are just different than you are. You're gonna yeah. We have different mindsets, and we'll. Well, and everyone matures a little slower or faster, like yeah. at different paces. I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but okay. I would say that I'm more mature than people who act like that. Well, and you said a little bit like you were starting to say you can you can change, and it sounds like actually what you're saying is like you can realize you were maybe wrong about some things, or like you weren't as all knowing as you thought. So it's like, you're actually more, almost like more becoming yourself because mm-hmm. you're growing into yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what do you think adults don't understand about being a younger teenager? And I'm going to ask this question again later about being an older teenager, but specifically when you were like 14, 15, what did you really feel? Maybe like almost up to 16, what did you really feel like like adults just didn't understand about your life or misunderstood about your life? You and everyone around you. So it doesn't have to be specific to you. So I would say when I was starting high school in, you know, one of the first generations of the the era of the internet going into school. And now, nowadays, I understand that Adults and parents know a lot more than we do, and they clearly mostly went through schooling when they were our age, and so they obviously have a lot of uh, grounds from which to speak. But it's a lot different now. When when I go on the internet, I see an endless, you know, like limitless potential of information that I could learn. All that same information is what's being taught in school. We're moving into a a new era where you don't need to, or I don't know, you shouldn't need to spend the first like eighteen years of your life in school so much learning. Or even if you are in school, you should be learning more important things. But like random factoids and I mean uh, everything yeah. like that will all, all, is all just available on the internet now. And so kids growing up now, I think they understand that even better than adults do or maybe not all of them, but some of them. And they understand that that's, or the, that's where that feeling of 
not liking school comes from is because we now have tools like the internet where you can learn anything you need to. And then students are forced to go and forced to do things by their parents and administrators. And sometimes I just feel like you need to, even though I just talked about how kids don't know it all, (laughs) I think sometimes you just need to trust that kids know how to navigate this internet-led climate. Okay. Than a lot of us. Well, here's what I would say back to that. And then you tell me what you think. Um, I agree that like, we're almost like in a position, we're almost in a world where learning facts is almost dumb because, because like you said, you can get access to facts anywhere, but would you agree that we need to learn how to process facts or like how to put things in the correct context, critical thinking, all of that stuff. So how does one learn that if not in a school environment? And I, I really, I'm very curious. I did not enjoy high school either. So just wondering what you think. So I, th- I think what makes real intelligence is what you were just talking about is your uh, ability to take information that's around you and apply it, you know, through, through a problem solving process or, or whatever, however your mind works. But However well you can do that and figure things out that are going around you based off whatever information you're taking in, that's what true intelligence is, I think. So so I think school, I mean, obviously I want to be a teacher. I don't think school is useless or uh, it's kind of like a necessary evil. But we don't need to be doing four core subjects for six years in a row. It could be I take a couple English classes to learn grammar, proper grammar in like sixth, seventh, maybe eighth grade. Then that subject is like is like a choice. Like if I wanted to keep taking it, if I wanted to take writing or reading specifically, then I could, but I don't have to keep taking an English class. And then that hour, that block is then opened up and we could have a bunch of different type of courses that aren't just math, science, English history, we could instead have things like learn how to pay taxes. I don't That's know. That's actually something a really good idea. I still yeah. don't know how to even do. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like um, practical skills, like knowing how to hammer a nail or um, balance. Well, does anyone actually balance a checkbook anymore? Do you even know what that means? No. <laughs> it means making sure your bank account has money in it. And that, that all the money that you're spending is accounted for. So you don't have a checkbook anymore. And most people, I don't think, write a lot of checks anymore. But you literally used to have a checkbook and you'd go through all the canceled checks of the checks you wrote, like the record of the checks that you wrote. And you'd match it up with your um, bank statement to make sure that all the checks you wrote had come out of your bank and that you knew what your balance was. There's some tw- you know, 2022 version of that. It's not exactly that. But Anyway, personal finance, um, doing things with your hands. I would also argue that uh, that debate. See what I just did there? I would argue that debate. Yes. Thanks. I was really looking for some um, confirmation of that joke. Um, things like debating and discussing issues, I think, can help people be more critical thinkers instead of what I see happening a lot of times now, which is everyone just, you know, blabbing their opinion kind of into the void. Um, what if we all had to talk things through in person that does change things? And I think that's valuable, but I mean, I hear you. Like, I do think that there's, and I thought it back in the day and that was even before the internet made everything, you know, at the tips of our fingers. What about things like, you know, rules and safety and behavior? Do you think there's anything that parents tend to freak out about? And you don't have to be talking about dad or I, um, but just in general, like from what you've witnessed from your friends, is there anything that parents really get tied up in knots about that you don't personally think is all that important? Or when you looked around, you're like, actually, they should be worrying about this other thing instead. There's a student in Mr. Catania's class where I do teacher good for. He's in sixth grade. And he told me that his parents uh, get mad at him if he comes home with anything lower than an A, including an A minus. Hmm. So, so an a though, right? Well, yeah, you think. <laughs> okay. I understand the 
like wanting your kid to have perfect grades or whatever. Looking at Hayden, he didn't do a lot of or almost any. Hayden's one of your really good friends, so I don't think we've mentioned oh. him yet. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. He got into Cornell off basically just perfect grades. And I've been friends with him for a long time and I've watched him through this process. It's been a lot of long nights for him, a lot of, you know, 10 page packets. Mm. It's just, that's one way you can spend high school. And his parents sort of encouraged that. And obviously it worked out for him and he got into a great school. But when I look at my uh, schooling career where A's and B's are fun, um, I think, I mean, I think that's way more acceptable, way less stress. Looking back, it's just seems like I had a way nicer time than a lot of a lot of other students. Well, the other thing too is that Hayden, I think, chose that, right? I mean, his parents might have encouraged it, but he want that right. was a personal Obviously, drive. He likes doing, yeah. And school, I think that but... what you're getting at is that, like, by the time you're in ninth, tenth grade, you should be able to have some say in what's really important to you. And maybe it's sports, maybe it's grades, maybe it's social life. Maybe there's like a lot of different things to excel at and you seem to be really well-rounded to me. Like, it feels like to me, like you've always had your friend groups. You've always had activities. You've always had like a really strong social life, creative outlets, random sports. So I've never really worried that you weren't going to like get something out of high school because you were getting a lot out of high school, even though you didn't have straight A's. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's like trusting your kid enough to let them have a say. Well, as they're going through high school, that's like their transition into adulthood. So if you don't give them some adult type freedoms and it's, they're not really learning anything. Yeah. You mentioned um, earlier that, you know, you would tell a, a freshman coming into ninth grade that their social life or like who they become friends with will really set the, the tone. Is there anything else you would say specifically to you, like little ninth grade will, if you could go back and just give them like any piece of advice? I would say that I should worry about myself more. Mm. You got to look out for number one. And I spent a long time not doing that. Uh, it's kind of a common high school uh, insecurity, I guess, where students always just think that everyone's looking at them and notices them and notices every imperfection with them. And then one day I just realized that everybody thinks that about themselves. So mm -hmm. nobody's actually paying attention to anyone else because they all just want themselves to look perfect. Yeah. That High takes a lot of a people. Place. That takes people a, a long time to learn. Yeah. <laughs> High school's a dark place. Is it, is it like a dark, but like if you discover the secret, it's a good place or is it just, do you think it's just kind of the pits? I don't know. I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. Maybe in a year you can process it all. And yeah, back. Well, we're going to wrap up um, and take another break pretty soon here. But I did want to say, like, coming again into the second half of your 10th grade year, we came into a global pandemic. And Sarah and I just did an episode about this um, a couple weeks ago, about a week ago now, where we were talking about how fast it happened. Like, everything just came crashing down, like, so quickly. One day it's like we're talking about a pandemic. The next day school's canceled. And then a week later we find out actually we're not coming back that year. So how did that affect the end of that year for you, your summer, and then the transition to 11th grade? Well, at first, so I would say a, about a week before we went on, on leave for quarantine, there were word jokes about coronavirus, COVID-19 being the next like black plague or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't hear really anything about it. And then Friday the 13th, March 13th comes up. We get told in the middle of the day, I believe it was fourth hour because I remember, I think it was in my fourth hour. I figured out that class. I had a teacher, Mr. Vrogop, who has passed away 
since then. But I didn't see him since the end of quarantine. That it was just the last ended. time I saw him. Yeah. At first we thought, okay, we'll be out for a few weeks or maybe do some online. We're just going to be gaming <laughs> and chilling. And so it sounded like it early. was going to be like a really long break. Yeah. Then when they started doing everything on Google Classroom, and that was sort of not really working at it's all. It's a bit of a mess. Yeah. yeah. Students just sort of, when they realized we were going to be online for the rest of the year, most of them just kind of realized that that year didn't really matter from that point on. Yeah. Uh, including me. I was in Algebra 2 that year. And in the end, we were supposed to learn how log logarithms work. And I never learned it. Now I still don't know. And I'm going to go be a math major and I don't even know how logs work. <laughs> no. Is there going to be an opportunity for you to, oh, to figure that out? It's not really that needed. Yeah, but I mean, that is still a pretty big knowledge gap. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things you don't think about. Like, yeah, that whole year was kind of a write off or like, you know, at least March, April, May yeah. were basically written off. And then we got off to a slow start the following year. So there was a huge learning loss and you can't just keep everyone back. They, everyone's got to move forward and graduate and mm-hmm. move, go on to their ne- you know, next part of their lives. So it'll be interesting to see the trickle effect of that. And then, of course, coming back to 11th grade, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that after the break. But, you know, you started off in the 11th grade. So now you're a few months behind in the classes that didn't really end in 10th grade. And you did online for the first few months, which was Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, Will. So we're talking about the second two years of high school. And I want to hear about 11th and 12th grades. Um, Not just you specifically, but like, what you think those grades are like? What's really going on with a typical 11th and 12th grader? Um, maybe and you can only an- answer for pandemic. I know you can't answer for how it would be different if it was pre-pandemic. But um, it just what do you think is the typical high school experience for upper grades? So I think the term upperclassman, you don't really feel like an upperclassman until you're just a senior. Junior is just kind of its own thing. And then senior is, oh man, he's a senior. When you go 
from say fifth to sixth grade and you jump to a middle school and you're finally turning to like your 12, 13 years, you think I'm a tween or I'm a teen and you start to put this physical label on the change that just took place. Mm. There's a similar sort of thing going on when you go from 10th to 11th, except you don't really put that change in place. It's the way the freshmen and sophomores look at you. Oh, okay. That's the way that you really know you're a junior is because they will treat you like an upperclassman because they don't realize that juniors don't really matter. Okay. <laughs> it's all just seniors. That's yeah. all anyone cares. There's seniors and then there's the rest of the high school. But isn't it perception then? Because what you sounds like you're saying is it doesn't really matter. Only seniors matter, but only seniors matter to seniors and juniors. But if juniors matter to ninth and 10th grade, it's like, where are you in the pecking well, order? Right. They... Because sophomores and junior or sophomores and freshmen think that juniors matter, they inherently do to them. Right. I remember when I was a junior, I didn't think that the senior class looked at me any differently. One of my good friends who was a senior still threw a water bottle at me or a water balloon on the day that the senior staked out the parking lot to throw water balloons at people. Mm -hmm. Still got one of those, even though I was a junior. It just doesn't really matter. <laughs> I had a lot of fun class loads. A lot, a lot, my class load was great. wasn't super hard, and a lot of friends in my classes. I'd say junior year was probably second to sophomore year in that only. Okay, in the in the classes that yeah. you had that you liked, yeah, yeah. Um, I know that one thing I've always noticed about being at you know upperclassmen, whatever you want to call it. And I wonder if this is frustrating to you is that there's not really a um, there's not really like a milestone or anything to mark the fact that you're not like a little teenager anymore. Like you're almost an adult. So you were 17 as a yeah. junior and then 18 for most of your senior year. But you're still a high schooler and nothing really changes. Like not, you don't really get any. Yeah, no, it sucks. Nothing. Yeah, there's no recognition. It's not like you didn't have any rite of passage where you're like, actually now I'm more, I'm more man than mm -hmm. kid. That's another flaw. I think about school is it's supposed to be, like I said earlier, the transition for me into adulthood. And while my parents will give me freedoms as if I was an adult, school doesn't at all. And even though I am 18 now and I have been for a while, I'm still treated the exact same as, uh, as as I was when I was through all other ages of school, even when I miss school, my teachers will still say I shouldn't miss school because I just shouldn't miss school. That's I feel like that's a really elementary. They don't even have a re a re good reason a lot of the time. Well, it's just because that's the rule. I mean, well, I guess yeah, I know, they would say you wouldn't be able to miss. I mean, I, I, I can some, see the flaws someone, in the logic. Telling but... someone to follow the rule because it's the rule is the exact equivalent to because I said so. Yeah, and I understand I'm, that. As I'm just past that age, I feel like. Do you know what um, I remember from when I was in high school? What? In the early 90s. If you were 18, you were allowed to leave school and cross the street and go smoke. Well, Eric was telling me about the first part of that. <laughs> you could leave. There was like a smoking place and it was across the street. Well, in my particular high school, some some schools back then, you could still smoke on campus. You just had to do it like so far away from the door. Mm -hmm. So you could leave. And I think it was an I think it was either an upperclassman thing or you had to be over 18. From my memory, I could be wrong about that. But you could leave and go smoke across the street from the school. Well, that's what's up. Well, I mean, you don't smoke. So that's not it's not what's up. But I but the leaving part does sound nice. Gives well, you like a little bit of freedom. I can't even be a chain smoker anymore because you have to be 21. <laughs> you have to be 21 just to be allowed to chain smoke. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, we could also talk about how back in the old days, parents would send their kids to the corner store with a, a note to pick up their cigarettes. But that would be um, that would be a different topic for a different day. But can you believe that? Can like you imagine a day when you could walk into like the gas station with a note and say, my mom said I could buy her cigarettes. You can't even buy cough syrup, can you? No, I can now. Okay. I couldn't before, though. <laughs> and you tried once. Yeah. Because you were sick. Because Isa was sick. Yeah. Isa's your girlfriend. You didn't yeah. mention her yet. Yeah. I was trying to buy her cough medicine because I was the one who got her sick, and I felt bad. 
And then the guy who was at the CVS gave me a very ungrateful, unappreciated tone. <laughs> and wanted your identification. Yeah. All right. Well, you talked, you mentioned a little bit earlier about um, like heavy course loads. And so I'm going to ask you this question. And that's what do you think are the biggest stressors in an 11th graders and a 12th graders life? And you can answer for yourself, but you can also answer more generally for your friends or classmates. And I'm going to guess academics is one. Yeah. But what, tell me more about that. And then what else? So for juniors, especially academics is a huge stressor in, in the 11, the junior and senior 11th and 12th uh, age, age range. Seniors depending on what college you're going to or what you're going to do, will either have a really easy or a really difficult class load. Mine this year is really easy because I'm already into Northern where I'm going. Um, and I don't need, I have one AP class this year, so I just have one test to take and that's it. And it's for math, which is going to go straight towards my major. So that's necessary. And then everything else I can just take an easy class on. But some people like my friend Prosper is taking six AP classes this year. And he's going to have six AP tests to take uh, all in May. It's going to be terrible. Most people will do something like that in junior year. They'll take a lot of APs because they want their uh, college apps to look the best. Or, um, well, they just want their, their transcript from high school to look the best when they send it when to they the, send the apps colleges. Early and, yeah. yeah. But you start that pro that whole process in junior year, and then uh, the SAT. Also, you take that in junior year, and you spend a while um, working towards it and practicing it, and then finally taking it in April, I think. Freshman and sophomore have to do a PSAT, so that's what Owen will be doing this year, which is basically just an SAT, but uh, you just don't care for it as much okay okay um another thing is sports a lot of high school athletes will start playing a sport and then in a lot of them by the time you become a senior you're automatically on varsity just because of the age and some sports it's the same for if you're a junior or then obviously just by that time people who've been playing the same sport for years will become good at enough good enough at it probably to go varsity so that adds stress on because you got to practice harder and try harder at practice the game suddenly mean more to you because you're not just a member of the team you're one of the core members of the team when you're varsity because you're the people who play all the time and you can't just sort of sit back and and watch it anymore when you're in a sport and you're on the varsity you're just kind of going in it takes a lot of your time and a lot of your energy Do you know kids who do both like are both great students and great athletes and manage the stress well? And if so, how do they do that? Yeah, I know a lot of people who do that really mm -hmm. well. Um, I'd say the best way to do that is just to do your work while you're in school. Don't really spend any of your time goofing off or yeah. whatever at all. Then when you go to practice. You just kind of got to get through it, work work hard for it, you know, and then by the time you leave, if you're, you know, working hard through the whole day academically at first and then physically for a sport, you're just going to be absolutely beat. Toast. And so some of these people probably will have then hours of homework they have to do when they get home. And if you want to set yourself up for that, and and do all that and that's just something you got to work through a lot of people probably won't though because unless you are setting yourself up for it there won't be a way that you'll be getting so much homework that you feel overwhelmed right yeah well and it sounds too like i was just thinking about what you said earlier about you know having to kind of look out for yourself a little bit um that can be like worrying about your your place in the social lineup or worrying too much about what your friends think or want you to do can eat up an enormous amount of time and energy. 
So if you want to be doing like excelling at school and excelling at sports, you probably have to just be really clear and be a little selfish, like be like really okay with drawing those boundaries so that you're focused on what you really want to do, which isn't easy for social people. No. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And well, I think you kind of like consciously chose not to take a super stressful route to getting in college. Like you sort of went for a list of schools you were pretty confident you could get into. You didn't seem to stress too hard about it and you didn't draw it out. I know it could have gone the other way. You could have been trying really hard to get into like super competitive schools, maybe trying early admissions at places. Um, Was that a conscious choice? Did you just kind of not know what you wanted to do? So you went for what seemed doable or at what point is that, did you kind of figure that's what you were going to do? Well, I've always been a procrastinator. eh? (laughs) And it was just, being around Hayden, especially watching him through the college application process, he spent so much time doing everything. He spent so long writing his essays. Even they ha- they were even in assignment in his English class. The advanced English class has the assignment for college essays mm. because they figure you're going to have to write one for your college anyway. Even though he had that time in class to do it and had written multiple drafts of it, he still had to spend weeks on his college essays just to make sure that they were that perfect just so he could get in because he was that worried about it. Wow. And then the days leading up to his letter of admission coming, he was some of the most stressed out I've ever seen him. And I just thought avoiding that whole process would be nice. <laughs> I also have no, I, I've never had a school that I've been dead set on going to for whatever reason. right? And I've uh, I've never, you know, obviously been a straight A student, as we talked about earlier. So colleges, prestigious colleges aren't going to be finding my transcript and reaching out to me. Well, and for your goals, maybe that's not necessary. Anyway, we haven't talked too much about what you plan to do um, or where you're going to school. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I'm going to go to Northern Michigan University to be a secondary educator so high school teacher of either math or social studies i'm not really sure between those two yet yeah and Um, and and northern has a pretty great teaching um teaching program so i mean it's a fine school i didn't pick a bad school i just picked one i knew i could get into yeah and um, that's up north and you know, a lot of people listening from all over the country, mm-hmm. so they wouldn't know. It's in Marquette, Michigan, which is in the UP on Lake Superior, which you have always loved. And it's like it's a smaller school, which I think you'll do well in. Like, yeah, it's not huge. Yeah. Um, same question I asked about the first, you know, two years of school. What do you think is something that adults, teachers, parents misunderstand about the experience of being 11th or 12th graders? I think the experience that should come when you're in 11th and 12th grade is your first uh your first real taste of freedom at all whether you know you become a junior and you start driving that's obviously one of kids first big freedoms or I mean it, it's all dependent on levels of you know the level of strictness that the, their parents are at normally so like for you, not much changed a lot. Um, as I got like, as I went from being like a younger teen to an old teen. Yeah. Except for obviously the fact that I could drive myself and. Yeah, but I also myself, don't really but... feel like you don't really feel like the kind of kid I've ever really needed to give a strict curfew to or whatever because you're not. I don't know. Like you seem. Well, because reliable. I'm not going to abuse it. Right. Right. Right, and there are obviously parents with kids who will, you give them an inch and they'll take a mile. And those parents are just hard, or those student or kids, sorry, are just harder to raise, I would imagine, at least. Yeah. Um, And and they're harder to, to let go slowly in this process, as it should be. Um, By the time a kid gets to a senior, they should feel like they're ready to go out into the world 
Well, otherwise yeah, you, you go from being like under your parents' thumb completely to suddenly being alone in a dorm somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And that's a recipe for disaster. If you're a, a kid who dependent or there's another term that I'm missing here but um like reliant or like I don't know that's what I meant by dependent yeah kind of I guess the trait that a lot of the youngest kids have of spoiled and um why is it not psychology I know oh you're it's a psychology word I see yeah okay all right. Well, we'll, is it like an, in, but, yeah. We'll, no, just like a kid who is used to giving everything handed to them. Ah, uh, like enti- gonna, entitled? Yeah. Indulged? Yeah. Okay. They're not going to do as well, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and as they get to 11th and 12th grade, their parents shouldn't trust them with <laughs> as many freedoms as a lot of other kids will be getting at those ages. Well, I mean, I think a lot of it's personality dependent too. And, and you know, parents can trust themselves to some degree to know what their kids are capable of um, or aren't. I think it's when they've never had any freedom at all. And then suddenly you get all of it at once that it can get a little destructive. Tell us about your trip this year. Cause I love the story about how you went to go to a concert in Chicago. And then it turned out the place you were supposed to get to stay didn't work out. So you had to like check yourself into a youth hostel. So I was 17 at the time. And my friend Rowan and I were going to go to a festival, a music festival in Chicago called Summer Smash. We had been playing together for a while. And then uh, our friend Fiona found out that we were going to go and she bought a ticket and came with us. Rowan had a soccer game on the first day that Friday. So he stayed and me and Fiona went to Chicago and he was going to come the next day with his dad. Uh, Fiona and I went to the first day. It was pretty cool, I suppose. Um, we weren't entirely sure where we were going to stay. We had looked for an Airbnb before, but none of them looked very trustable. So we had spent a lot of the day looking around for where we could stay. We finally left the festival a little early and went to get food. And then while we were there, I found... Actually, you might, was it, did you text me something about it? Did I ask you? Well, what, the way I remember this happening is that you thought you had, you thought you had a place to stay and then you, it was going to be with like someone's aunt. Oh, right. Yeah. It was, we were supposed to stay with, Rowan said we could stay with his aunt, but he didn't actually ask. Right. So you got to Chicago and what I remember is that you were texting me from this music festival saying, I don't have a place to stay. And I was like, well, you're going to have to come home then because you're only 17 and no one's going to rent you a hotel room. And then I was like, oh, but you could try a hostel. The funny thing is, I didn't know this, but you still also have to be over 18 to stay at a hostel. Mm -hmm. But I went to the hostel and they checked my card and they misread it. My license, (laughs) which clearly stated that I was 17. I guess she thought I misread the year or something. Did the addition wrong in her head. But uh, she let us in for that night. We only... Got one night though. That's the that's the big because they figured it out. Because we no, we figured they didn't figure it out. They we only got one night when we first went there. But oh, we figured that we could go back in. If I I figured that if I, I went see. in, mm-hmm. that I could come back in as I wanted. I thought they let me in because I was seventeen or whatever. Um, and then the next night was when I found out that that's when they misread my license. And I tried to go back and she said that I could only have stayed because she she read the license wrong. Oh, that's funny. And Fiona was 17 too, so. There was no getting in after that. Yeah. But the experience of being there with like all those travelers, like you said, that was a huge, like a really cool moment. For oh, you. yeah, it was great. The, the inside of the hostel was amazing. The bed was pretty comfortable. There was like this whole lobby area, though, with big couch. Um where Fiona and I could hang out for a while, which was cool because all the rooms were, were like dormitory style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, w- like, um, she could only stay with other females. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could only stay with males. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's really fun. I love that story because it was like, you know, like your first time in the city all by yourself trying to figure it out, and you guys figured it out. 
Like you, that was a stressful situation, but you made it happen. Yeah. And it would have been okay if they wouldn't have let you in the hostel, you would have come home and it would have been okay. Like it wasn't the end of the world either way, but it's cool that it worked out. Well, what do you think? um, We already kind of talked about the pandemic. Do you feel like that's still having an effect now? Besides the fact that you don't know how to do vlogs. No, I don't really think so. Honestly, we had to wear masks in one of my class still classes still we finally got the mask mandate lifted a few months ago or was like a month oh yeah it was not that long ago it's like probably a month ago and a couple weeks ago or up until a couple weeks ago we still had to wear masks in my calculus class because of uh my teacher has a prior condition yep and and that was an elective thing. They sent a letter home, I think, and yeah, asked yeah. if everybody would be willing to do that. And so, we, yeah. we finally, he finally said we could take those off because the cases around in, in the area are low. So I'd, I'd say as of right now, it's just back to normal school, which is kind of weird to think about. But um, one thing I have noticed is I have to worry about having bad breath again. Oh, man. Like, I completely forgot that was a thing. What about chin zits? That's annoying too. And the masks yeah. cause them. Yeah. Which is just like adding insult to injury, yeah. really. Do you feel like there are I, I think you did a really good job throughout the pandemic of staying in touch with your friends, staying social. Um, even when you couldn't really hang out with people like indoors. I remember you were really proactive about getting together with people. Um, do you think that overall this has had an effect on the overall socialization levels or mental health levels levels of kids, either because of the social isolation or because of anxiety about COVID or their parents' anxiety. Like, what do you feel like if you could take the temperature of everyone's emotions, how do you feel like it is? Well, mental health has gone way down. That's um kind of a fact, right? That's just you know a that. fact, yeah. I'd say social Depends on the kind of person you were in COVID, in the heat of it. It depended if you were the kind of person who didn't want to get it and truly wanted to stop the spread and followed all the quarantine rules, which I would say in a perfect world we would all do, but this is not a perfect world. There were still a lot of people that I knew, and a lot of my friends that were still all out hanging out breaking quarantine. And mostly it just depended on if you were the kind of person who would go out and break it or would stay home and uh, and do your part. That's kind of the, the way it's split now. Mm. There are still people at the school who wear masks and are uncomfortable talking to people without them or being in big groups of people. And then there are some people who just don't care and pretend like COVID doesn't even exist. I think that is very much the adult world too. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's people in the middle who like want to be sensible about it. Um, don't want to put anyone at risk if they don't have to, but they also want to like see if we can start getting back to something right. like normal. But it's just yeah. in the social atmosphere has made a new sort of, it's almost like a new rule kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the social pressure or like now there's two, it's like uh, political parties almost, but it's like COVID yeah. related. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Will, was your biggest win this year? If you could look back and say, this is something that happened that I was super excited about or like proud of. What was that? Fixing my car. Yeah, you did fix your car. Um, yeah, that was cool. I just felt really good to finally have it work. And I haven't had to do anything to it since. And I liked how I did it. Um, Yeah, and dad helped, but yeah, but you pretty but then much I did figured it out when he was gone. So yeah, what's something you would do differently? Doesn't have to be from this year. Um, maybe at all in the last few years. Um, or it can be from this year if that makes it easier. You know when people say that they wish there was a way they could know that they're in the good old days before they're out of them. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of at that exact state of high school right now where I'm both ready to be gone and yet 
I'm just now sort of realizing that this is it kind of. And that it really is like, it's the best time. But actually I liked college better than high school, but high school is still pretty great. Senior year. Well, like looking back, even through middle school, which I thought I hate now that I, which I thought I hated now that I'm in there every day with Mr. Catania, I realized it was pretty nice. It's yeah. pretty great. Yeah. And yeah. It just kind of makes me think like, I don't know what happened to that kid. Hmm. You know, I think that never goes away because for the rest of your life, you will probably be thinking to yourself when you're in a stage, you wish you were in a different stage. And then once you right. move past it, you look back and you're like, Oh, but that's just the part of life. Yeah. I don't want to get morose, but that truly is one of the biggest like struggles of life is appreciating where you are when you're in the moment and not wishing you were someplace else, either forward or backward, like not looking back and wishing you were still in middle school or looking forward and wishing you were in college or whatever. Like right now, I'm sort of stuck between both looking forward to the future and after college and teaching and my job and whatever. And then at the same time, I'm looking back to the beginning of school, like kindergarten. I'm just thinking like, what would I rather go do? Hmm. Kind of keep going go into the future or just redo it all or Benjamin Buttons it you ever seen that movie no oh, he like ages backward oh. really weird and creepy well I guess if I could do it it would be cool but... how about the movie Billy Madison have you seen that movie yeah okay well same <laughs> sort yeah. of thing yeah but I can't and that's just the way it goes that is the bittersweetness of life you know it's like and the know... memories are good and the nostalgia is great but then it's like but why just want to live yeah, it again yeah and I know right now in this point, I'm not really paying attention to what I'm doing at all. I'm just sort of looking towards the past and the future. But I know that at some point, this will be the exact time I look back on. Yep. Yep, it will. Well, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now can totally relate and remember that feeling. I do. I remember very clearly being a high school senior um, and feeling like really wanting to move forward, but also kind of wanting to say exactly where I was and not wanting anything to change. And like, that's that internal conflict is rough and I don't think it ever really goes away, but you feel it really acutely where you are. So it will get better. Um, but I guess let's end our conversation today by talking about what you are looking most forward to. You mentioned that you're going to go to college for, um, teaching. Obviously there's a reason for that. You could tell me a little bit about what you're looking forward to, you know, about teaching or just college life. Like what's something you're really looking forward to right now? I think college life will be great. All my friends who've graduated high school and are in college now say they like it way more. Plus, my first couple of years of high school will just be general classes. College, so you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. So it'll be super easy. I don't know. I, I, I can't wait to just live in my own house or apartment or whatever, wherever it is. But I remember I used to be scared as a little kid thinking when I grow up and have my own house, like, I'm just going to be all alone all the time. Because you were surrounded by people all the time. Yeah. You're the middle, you know, kid of five. Yeah. yeah. Always surrounded by people. And I don't know. Now I'm older and I'm wiser and I want to go get a house. You want to go get a house. i to wait a while. Yeah. Well, it'll move quickly and you'll have a dorm room and that won't be like a house, but it'll be like your, more like your own space. And then one day you'll have an apartment and then a house and it all sounds great well will thanks for talking with me today i know you are a busy senior and you have a lot going on so i appreciate you taking the time anything any last words for the moms listening um to the show today like what do you want them to know about raising teenagers oh about well, to the moms raising the teenagers yeah or to the moms who will be raising teenagers okay uh when you're raising your teenager i'd say I don't obviously know your point of view, but my point of view is time's arrow marches and it never stops. And so I think from my perspective, life has taken a long time. But from your perspective, it's probably gone way faster because 
you know, this, my life is not your life. You've had your own life and your own experiences. And now raising me was just a new one. Yeah. But I don't know. Really try to ground yourself in and don't let it fly by. Because if it flew by me this fast, then I mean, oh. I know, and it's yes, it is. It's all flying by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a good perspective. If it flew by this fast for you, and you're the one living it, and that's 100 percent of your life too, which makes it feel longer. Exactly. But it's only you know. And my life was probably only like one percent of your life. Okay, well, I'm not like 180 years old. I think she is. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna leave this one. Actually, that would be a thousand. That would be 1800 if it was one percent of my life. I'd be 1,800 years old right now. Did I do that math right, Mr. Mathematician? Yes, the math is correct. Thank you, William. Well, thanks a lot, Will, for being on the show. And I hope everyone enjoyed it. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Mom Hour. You know, there were parts of that conversation with Will that got me really choked up. And I think no matter what stage of motherhood you're in, you can understand that bittersweet feeling of watching your kids grow and then slowly letting them go. I actually just wrote a little essay on our Instagram about my experience raising bigger kids and just how hard it can be to start saying goodbye to the little kids they once were. So we'll link to that in the show notes along with a link to Will's blog. We've got another episode coming out Tuesday, so we'll talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.